Wow, what a week for homecoming 2021 as Kennesaw State plays host to Dixie State this Saturday. This is Inside the Nest, and wow, do we have an episode for you today. I'm your host, Nolan Alexander. As always, Inside the Nest is brought to you by Fifth Third Bank. Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. Fifth Third Bank, this is banking a fifth third better. Visit 53.com for more information. Big news coming out today as Kennesaw State announced the fall 2021 non-conference schedule and season tickets. What's great about this is that the fact that this is arguably the best non-conference schedule that Kennesaw State has ever played. Later in the spring, we'll find out the Big South schedule, but you know the teams that are going to play next fall, so you can have an idea of how difficult that's going to be. So you have the most difficult schedule in Kennesaw State history combined with the fact that there are no new price increases from 2019 season ticket options. That's right. Nothing has increased from the 2019 prices, so you have the absolute best value in KSU football history as a season ticket holder. So for all that information, visit ksuowls.com. It includes five games, two home non-conference games, and then the Georgia Tech game at Bobbyod Stadium on September 11, 2021, with a guaranteed seat in the KSU section. So you don't want to miss out on it, KSUals.com. And we'll get the thoughts from Brian Bohannon on that schedule and what all it means for next fall. Today on Inside the Nest, we've got our usual segments, the Big South Blitz with Jordan Griffith, Brandon's on the ball, Brandon Joseph and Brandon Sutton, of course, get us started. And we'll hear from quarterback Jonathan Murphy, the Offensive Player of the Week in the Big South, as he sits down with Brandon Joseph. So speaking of those season tickets, if I have piqued your interest on those, this is how you can learn more. And go on ahead, if you're a former season ticket holder, renew yours. If you're new and you think, okay, now is the time. I've been to a KSU game, a single game here this spring. I'm ready for the fall slate. Here's what you can do. Tickets, again, include all five home games and a ticket to the KSU at Georgia Tech game on September the 11th. And season ticket prices, by the way, start out at just $135. If you have your phone, you can text SCRAPPY, S-C-R-A-P-P-Y, SCRAPPY, to 20123. That's SCRAPPY to 20123. Or visit www.ksuals.com slash Tickets. So there you go. We're going to talk about the schedule. But of course, let's start it out with a victory over Charleston Southern, a hard fought win for the Owls Saturday, 24 19 over the Bucks. And Brandon's on the ball. Brandon Sutton and Brandon Joseph break it down and preview Dixie State this Saturday. This is Inside the Nest. Inside the nest, Brandon Joseph, Brandon Sutton. You should know it by now. It's Brandon's on the ball, joined by former Kennesaw State University lineman, Brandon Sutton. How are you? Hey, I'm doing good, man. Doing good. Coming off the weekend, always happy to get a dub for the Owls. Yeah, that that dub was a 24-19 win over Charleston Southern. The final score, in my opinion, did not necessarily reflect the course of the game. I think the Owls played very well defensively in the middle two quarters, allowed Charleston Southern to get back in the game late. But what was your impression of the victory for the Owls? 
just like you said, just the, the final score didn't really have a great representation of the game. Defensively, it was a lights-out performance in the second and third half. They they were playing great so far. Coming out, they allowed an early touchdown, which it happens, happens from time to time, but literally they were able to just shut things down in the middle of the game and just hold out. They allowed one late, but they had all, all, the, all the score showed was that somebody got on the board, but really the defense showed up. They were lights out all day. Yeah, and this is the second consecutive games, and there's only been two of them that the Owls have trailed 7 nothing, but have come back to dominate the game. But we talked about this heading into the Charleston Southern game. They have a very dynamic quarterback in Jack Chambers, and you expect dynamic players to play well, and that's exactly what Jack Chambers did. 14-23, 160 through the air. He had 78 positive yards on the ground and then ended up losing 30 yards. But most importantly, he rushed for two touchdowns, and that's what dynamic players do, and that's what the Owls were forced to defend. Oh, yeah, he, he definitely 100% came out to play. And he, he just like we were talking about last week, uh, they, they know the situation. We haven't lost them the last few seasons. And so they're looking for that first dub, put them back on the table, put them back on the board in the uh, top program high, uh, spotlight. And just like you said, he, he came out to play. He, he did his darndest, but luckily our defense was there, ready to play, show him, just shut him down. Yeah, and that defense was led by Bryson Armstrong, eight tackles in the game. I'm thinking back to that fourth quarter. He was all over the place making clutch tackle after clutch tackle as Charleston Southern was trying to find a path back in the game. Bryson was on fire on Saturday, man. He was all over the field, making plays left and right. He was always in the backfield doing everything he could. Like, but that's what you that's what you love to see from Bryson. He's an electric guy. He's gonna keep he's gonna keep moving. He's gonna pump up the defense. He's gonna keep everything in front of him. But just 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 his performance around guys with uh everything he did helped uh, other dudes like um uh, helped the D-line out, helped the secondary out. And it was just really nice to see Bryson getting back up there to where we're used to seeing him play. Yeah, and I got a chance to talk to Kareem Taylor after the first game of the season, and he said, you know what, us as a linebacking court, a lot of times we like to just compile our stats because we all do play as one or we try to. And the top three tacklers for the Owls, Bryson Armstrong, Chance Bates, who Kareem Taylor made a point to point out that Chance Bates probably doesn't get the due that he deserves in that linebacking court. And then Kareem Taylor himself, eight, six, and five tackles respectively for the Owls linebackers. Oh yeah, and just like you said, just with with those two dudes in front of Chance, who is an, he's a great player, a really electric guy on the field, a lot of energy, always moving left to right, always trying to get get in on the play and make a big hit. But just like you said, having those two dudes, Kareem and Bryson, in front of you, well, names in front of you, they're all in the field at the same time, as we all know. But just like having those, of course, the spotlight's going to be shifted a, a little bit from uh, him onto those guys, but he never lets that get him down. He's still out there trying to bust heads, trying to make plays, and it's always great to see that no matter what, that linebacker court, they're as solid as a rock, man. And a little bit of Beamer ball, as I like to say, the Owls getting a couple of blocked kicks in the context, excluding a blocked extra point late in the game that kind of threw off the skew of the scoring that really made it difficult for Charleston Southern to find a path back in the game. That's a huge positive for Kennesaw State. One thing our, our, uh, our one of our coaches, our running back coach, Coach Glanton, will tell you is special teams will make a game. Any, any, any coach will tell you that, but just a blocked kick, a blocked PAT, 
those those little those little uh, shifts of energy that those can be monumental. No matter where you are in a game, whether you're up 15 or you're down 30, that one good block kick could change the entire tide of the game. And just seeing how special teams can get in there and make an impact on the game is great to see. And that's how big it was that that block extra point because Charleston Southern ends up going down again to score. They're forced to go for two at that point. The Owls stop on the two point conversion. Now all of a sudden you're away from a field goal necessarily tying the game. And Charleston Southern really had to mix up how they went back out on the field to get the ball back. Another thing I want to point it out real quick for Kennesaw State is Jonathan Murphy throwing. Before we get to the offense as a whole, Jonathan Murphy, four or five, 108, two touchdowns through the air. Murph Magic just strikes again. Oh, hey, just like you said. And uh, just, uh, just what we were talking about the other week, uh, Tommy's Tommy goes down, Murph hops right in. Hey, not not even not even turning the switch. And just being able to see like uh, dogs, like shout out to my man C Dog Caleb O'Neill getting that touchdown on Saturday, and uh, seeing Murph get out there and just not only just run the option offense, but show show people what we don't always show a lot the the passing perspective of it and how we can hit those long plays not just on the ground but also in the air. Yeah, Caleb O'Neill, two receptions, seventy-seven yards, and a touchdown, and he. I have not seen Caleb O'Neill move that fast since from Kennesaw to Chattanooga, but that's another story for another <laughs> day. I'm sure Caleb doesn't want me to tell, but just the amazing factor that when they decided to bring pressure, when they thought they could get to Jonathan Murphy, they were able to throw the ball and really keep Charleston Southern off balance. And at a point it looked like Charleston Southern was just guessing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Like having in this, the situation we were in, uh, Tommy goes down, and, and as any defense would probably try to do, you want to try to get pressure on the quarterback. And by trying to get pressure on him, it opens up opens up the outside for guys like Caleb and everybody else and all the other wideouts. And just Murph just taking the time, just taking those moments to see it. He, he may take a hit in the, in the back end of it, but just taking the time to see it and make that connection is great to see from the offense. He's just showing growth and how he's continuing to expand his ability in our offense. And he was a leading rusher for the Owls, 113 on the ground, including a touchdown there. Tommy Bryant, who did leave the game, Coach Bohannon talked about it during his weekly call, and he was under the weather and became under the weather during the game. He still contributed 38 yards on the ground. Isaac Foster, another 28 yards. And then Kyle Glover up the middle with 22. It's what you expect to see for Kennesaw State, even though the offense at times when the defense was playing well in those middle quarters, the offense stalled out a little bit in the third into the fourth quarter. Those things like, uh, just like you said, uh, we, we stalled out a little bit, but it's, it's just those, those slight growing pains of still getting into a season and getting everything back moved in. Uh, uh, late in the game, you also had your, uh, our center go down. Will Nanafabu. We had our guy, James Dawson come in and Hey, I'll give him all the credit for this week coming in as a freshman. He didn't miss a beat. He was able to help contribute to the offense. But, yeah, just seeing how the, uh, we were able to get the run game going, even though Tommy was under the weather, wishing the best for him coming into this next week. Um, just how uh, the ability for us to keep the run game going and while at the same time mixing in that pass game, being able to hit those shots, get those deep plays. But it's just really nice to see as the offense continues to grow through this season with these uh, with these guys. And just we're, it's really going to be great to see, say, two, two three weeks from now when we're playing Gardner-Webb, uh, how, how much further we're going to be able to grow from this next game against Dixie. Today. And that, that's the interesting thing we talked about the past two weeks, the bye week and then leading in to Charleston and Southern is having that bye week after that first game of the season, the shorter victory after the long layoff. And, you know, coaches want to get back out there. Coaches want to fix every little issue. 
you can tell for a period of time that, you know, one game didn't necessarily take them out of the layoff for Kennesaw State. There was a lot of things that they wanted to clean up, too. And I don't know if the bye week necessarily helped or hurt in that regard also where, you know, this team benefited from not having to play. A lot more guys were able to get healthy. Guys with a lot of scrapes and dings were able to get back on the field. But also that teaching that those game reps, that all important game reps went away for a week. And you can tell a lot of guys four quarters of game reps and then off and then playing again was a little bit of an issue. And uh, one, one, one of the biggest things about playing is that you, you can always think you'll be in shape just by working out, conditioning, going to practice. But the only thing that gets you into game shape is playing a game. That's yeah. just one of those base things like we all know. And yes, uh, the bye week was awesome early to help get a, uh, those few nicks and dings, try to keep people uh, as healthy as possible. But also coming into like uh, after a hard fought game like this week, this past weekend, maybe it would have been nice to just have, okay, now we got that bye, we can rest going as we are uh, going into conference, uh, more conference games after uh, Dixie. And then just, it's, it's really just like, um, how is the best way to put it? We, you, you want, you want to use the best of your uh, situation. Yeah. We, we had the early bye week, so we had to make the best of it. So now uh, we have these next uh, five games straight. So make the best of it. Yeah. We're going to have a few people take some nicks or that just means we're going to get some younger guys in fill in those positions. Hey, Use this time to get better. Whenever you're back, we're going to flip you right back in, keep things rolling, keep depth as wide as we possibly can, and just keep playing good ball. And you go from an interesting dynamic. You go from a third of your season to a half of your season within one week of each other, <laughs> welcoming in Dixie State. And don't let the name fool you. Dixie State is from St. George, Utah, not anywhere that we would think of the Dixie area, but Dixie State not a lot is known about this team and to Dixie state's credit, they don't know a lot about Kennesaw state. So it's going to be a very interesting matchup where, you know, Kennesaw state plays Charleston Southern. You play them every year. You know, those guys, you get to get a feel for the coaching staff and the players. They like even a team like shorter. A lot of these players on the Kennesaw state team may have played against these guys in high school. So you kind of have a guy just looking at the roster going, okay, I know what that guy can do. I know he's not that fast. He's really fast. He's very dynamic. But with Dixie State, it is a tough thing to get a true scouting report on a team that you have never seen. You're 100% right. The uh, Dallas this week are going into the unknown. When you're uh, playing against a brand-new opponent, uh, I believe this is their first year coming up into uh, FCS ball. So uh, we're playing an unknown. Uh, we don't know much about them, especially they're all the way from Utah, but at the exact same time, they don't know a lot about us. And that's one of the greatest weapons for the Owls. So when you're not when, when you're not able to reenact those actual uh, things that we're doing on offense or you're not able to reenact the uh, speed and pressure we're getting on you on defense throughout those weeks, so this is the first time or maybe only time we'll ever play them, but just that unknown factor, it it's, it's, uh, it's a little up in the air for us because we don't know what we're walking into, but at the exact same time, our offense is – our offense and our defense are perfectly schemed up for this exact situation. So take me into the week leading into a team like Dixie state, somebody that you guys don't necessarily know a lot of when you guys are watching film, what are you looking for necessarily when, when they come up on the screen, are you looking for just numbers of players and guys who are fast or guys who are strong and, you know, talent level, or are you looking for specific scheme wise when you first get a look at a team for the first time? Uh, generally, when you go into that first look, when you're watching film, 
you're, you're really just trying to just get a feel for what what is what is your side of the ball going to look like versus this team. So uh, you first want to look up where you're lining up. What's the personnel going to be? Uh, what are the like? Just give them the, the good old eye test, you know. And then uh, from there, you want to go to want to start looking at the, like the roster information, stuff like that. Well, so you start mentally preparing what you're going to play against. And then from there, you just want to start going, start learning schemes and like what what are they doing with, when uh, an off- when offense lines up in this? What's the defensive lineman doing uh, when we bump someone out wide? What what is the secondary moving out? Or is he bumping in or is he coming down? Like, those are the things you just want to start looking for, like, in that first general look. And then and as you just go out through the week, you want to take those things, prep for it as best you can. And then coming into the game, you'll say, hey, I know all I can. I've Barnes in the uh, Barnes in this shit. Let's go. I think, I think there's something that lends back to, I think, back to that Montana State game when Kennesaw State played Montana State. And you, you hit on it perfectly. You can't take them lightly just because you don't know who they are. And, I always look back at that Montana State game that Montana State probably thought a little bit that, hey, we don't necessarily need to worry about the new kids around town. We're an established program. And I think the coaching staff probably learned from that also that, hey, we need to avoid those scenarios also just because we haven't seen a team just because they're welcoming themselves into FCS football, whether it's starting a program like Kennesaw State did in the early years or transitioning like Dixie State is. You can't take a team lightly. You have to try to get as many reference points as you can. 100%. Going into any game, especially when it's someone you've never played before, you you really have to give it the mentality of, okay, this is going to be the best team I've ever played. Because you you know nothing about them. Okay, yes, they could be uh, uh, not as good as you, or they could be better than you. You will never know until you play the game. So going into one of these games, you have to have the mentality that, okay, this is going to be the best team I've ever played. No matter what the what the roster says, no matter what their information says, you have to go into it with that mentality. Because with when you prepare with that mentality, no matter what you get on a Saturday afternoon, you're going to be ready for it. And it's funny. They're trying, you know, to look back and find points of reference. Maybe, you know, they play Talton State twice. Maybe you can find a correlation from a Talton State team and kind of get a benchmark for them and compare that to Dixie State and how they measure up. Because they wouldn't want, they played them twice. They wouldn't one and one. So evidently, Tarleton State is not a lightweight at the FCS level. They play good football. They, they destroyed New Mexico State. That's the same New Mexico State that was an FBS program, not just three or four years ago. So there are points of reference that I'm sure if you're a coach, you're trying to dig back and try to make those 10 degrees of separation just to get some comparison. Yeah. Uh, so just, just like you said, you want to, you, we're going to tell to take the tape. And then uh, first off, first things first, you want to try to find any any similarities. So uh, say uh, a coach that was with that team that's left within the last uh, two, three years. So that way, who's going to have a similar scheme? It'll be with uh, maybe a, a different, more similar team, but it's a scheme that you can really study versus different offenses. That's what's one of the first things you want to go when you're going for, uh, for like tape review and like when you're looking to uh, who you're going to play. So if you're able to find like a few of those coaches that have left and gone somewhere else that are still running similar schemes, you can see how they play versus uh, different offenses or different types of the options, say, so to speak. Um, and just being able to do that helps us game plan, strategize, and just um, get ready for the for whatever they're going to bring it, bring to us. Because uh, going from a team in Utah, I'm going to just generally say, and from seeing them play, they're going to air it out a lot. And their, our defense is going to be, 
one of those defenses that's pretty prepared for that because we're able to apply pressure on the front and uh, cover for a good amount of time on the back end. So when we're watching these tape on them, we're going to have to say, okay, uh, we're going to use comparisons to uh, past teams we play that aired it out a lot, uh, like uh, Sam Houston and um, – I didn't think of plenty. Weber State was an area. Oh, Weber, especially Weber. Um, And then, just from an offense's perspective, uh, we're just going to take whatever, like their main, the most uh, schemes, uh, the best scheme that we see that'll fit towards our offense. Uh, Judging since they're like an air air out kind of team, I'm going to guess they're probably going to come in like a six one or maybe like a dog look with uh and just coming into that so i, I feel like they're going to try to stay heavy on the uh, heavy on the line and try to try to force us to keep the ball outside or trying to run it up the middle and uh just going from that i, I feel like I feel like going into this week it's just going to be all about preparation because one you know we still don't know what we're going to see and we're just going to have to prepare for the best thing we can prepare for Awesome. That's the insight you get with a guy who lived it, who played it, who breathed it, who bled, sweat, and tears for it. I'm just a guy that was always in the air-conditioned booth, so two totally different (laughs) dynamics here as we get a couple of Brandons on the ball. This game, 1 o'clock Saturday. You can listen to it on TuneInCaseYouOwls.com or watch it on ESPN+. Brandon Sutton, what is your expectation? Give me one final nugget of what you expect this outcome to be against Dixie State. I'm expecting a big showing of the offense for them to finally get going and uh, another great showing out of the defense. He's Brandon Sutton. I'm Brandon Joseph. A couple of Brandons on the ball. I'll talk to you next week after the Dixie State game. All right. See you then, man. To help prevent the spread of COVID-19, remember the three W's. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and watch your distance around others. Wellstar believes when we all work together to do our part, we can keep Georgia safe. For more safety information, visit wellstar.org. Before we get to the Big South Blitz with Jordan Griffith, like I said earlier, with a non-conference schedule and the season ticket options being announced for the fall 21 season, wanted to get what our head coach Brian Bohannon thought of that. Here's Coach Bo on the non-conference schedule. Well, it's a big day for Kennesaw State football, and yes, we know the standard here is to go win, compete for a Big South championship, and then go compete for a national championship in advance in the playoffs. But we've got to go on ahead and, and gear up from a fan standpoint of the fall 2021 schedule. It was released today. We have an exclusive with you on Inside the Nest. Coach, from a fan perspective, there's a lot to get excited about with this schedule. From your perspective, I'm sure you're excited about it, but it can't get any tougher. My goodness. Yeah, I would say it's probably the most challenging schedule we've had since we've been here. And, uh, and, you know, that's good. I mean, every year we've grown in our program and, uh, you know, the opportunities we have this non-conference schedule, are, you know, I think it'll be exciting for our kids. Um, I think it'll be exciting for our fan base. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a unique, it's a unique schedule. And it is. It's tough. You look at all the, you know, you got an FBS opponent down the road and you got all these conference champions lined up one after another on the schedule, you know, before you ever get to our conference. Um, so it's good. It's going to be a challenge, but we're excited about the opportunity and I think it'll be great for our program. Well, you know, from your time as an assistant coach at Paul Johnson at Georgia Tech, that visitor section at Bobby Dodd Stadium is right on top of the action. And one of the benefits of our season ticket packages is you get a ticket in the Kennesaw State section. What's that going to be like for fans? I think that's going to be huge. And I know there'll be a ton from Al Nation. They're going to be involved and wanting to be down at Bobby Dodd Stadium. Uh, to watch us play our first Power Five opponent in the history of Kennesaw State football. 
and uh, fortunate that somebody right down the road that our, that our fan base can be engaged. And I know that place will be packed um, with our black and gold. And uh, and we'll and we'll be excited about that. But it, but what an awesome opportunity for for our kids and our program, and especially for our fan base, um, you know, to go down and play Georgia Tech, a, a program with a ton of tradition and history. Um, but what a great opportunity! What does a high visibility game like that do for KSU? Well, I think anytime you have a chance to to get a lot of any eyes on more eyes on your program, I think that's huge. And you know, hopefully at that point we can go out and play the brand of football we're capable of. And uh, but but you're you know, you're playing a power five opponent that has a lot of a huge tradition and a lot of history. And they're an ACC. I mean, we haven't done that here before. We, we, we you know, I mean, we've never had that opportunity. So, uh, I mean, this is the first chance we've had that. So I think it's going to be awesome for us. Well, there's no time to rest right afterward because then the Owls go to Spartanburg and take on the Wofford Terriers, a team that we know from the playoffs. We played them twice, had a couple of wins. And going up there November of 19, not an easy place to play. That's going to be a really difficult turnaround, isn't it? And no question. I mean, we're going to have to, you know, you have to get ready to go. I mean, they've they've kind of been the run of the Southern Conference as of late, as we know, because we played them uh, several years in a row in the playoffs. So uh, it'll be a challenge. It'll be a tough game, as it always has been. Uh, we've had to grind it out both times we've played them. So I don't see it being any different. Um, you know, and, and that's the challenging part of the schedule. But you know what? It's a It's a great opportunity. And then you wrap up non-conference play at home against Jacksonville State. And this, I think, really completes the true value of a Kennesaw State season ticket. You get the seat in the KSU section at Bobby Dodd Stadium, and then you are guaranteed a seat for a home game against Jacksonville State. We know the crowd that we had at SunTrust Park back in 2018, but this is going to be an electric atmosphere, isn't it, Coach? Yeah, I don't think you'll, you know, this is uh, obviously for a, uh... For a fan, I don't think you'll find a better opportunity to be a season ticket holder than you will going into the fall of 21. I mean, it's, you know, you couldn't ask for a better uh, venue when you got a chance to go to Bobby Dodd, you got a chance to come home and play what we know again, uh, you know, the, the, another conference champion that we have a, a history with as well and, and several, uh, what I would call knockdown drag outs uh, with Jacksonville State. Um, and I don't know that it'll be any different. Um, you know, so I mean, from a fan's perspective, I don't think you can you can get a better ticket, you know, than getting involved with with this because it's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be great football, um, and, and and we're excited about it. We're excited about it for our kids and our program, um, but I think more importantly, we're excited for our fan base. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to hopefully being a better state and allowing more fans at Fifth Third Bank Stadium. Coach, thanks for your time. First and foremost, good luck this weekend. Homecoming Saturday against Dixie State. Thanks, Noah. Holy hand-rolled tortillas. Does Chewy's know Tex-Mex or what? We're making our fresh tortillas all day long. Perfect for wrapping up Chewy's famous Chicka Chicka Boom Boom enchiladas. Stuffed with house-roasted chicken, smothered in spicy, cheesy Boom Boom sauce. Better have a handshaking fresh limerita handy. Just saying. So gather up your friends because you can dine in at Chewy's or get it to go. We even have meal kits available for pickup or delivery at order.chewy's.com. Locations in Kennesaw and Perimeter. Find us at chewy's.com. See y'all at Chewy's. We'd like to take this time to thank our proud partner, Coca-Cola, for being the beverage choice of KSU Athletics events. Coca-Cola, taste the feeling. We move ahead with Inside the Nest with Jordan Griffith of the Owl Network, giving you the rundown on the conference with the Big South Blitz.
It is that time of the week again. I'm Jordan Griffith. This is the Big South Blitz. We have some scheduling news, some scheduling snafus, I guess, if you, that's what you want to call them. Um, but we're going to get into that, and we have some scores from around FCS. So on the first episode of the Big South Blitz, I told you guys to be grateful and or thankful that Kennesaw State had any sort of non-conference schedule. The spring season is a different beast. It's a different monster. We're not used to this. And I'm looking over at Monmouth right now. They're supposed to have a four-game schedule of all conference opponents. And right now, guys, they don't have a single game played. That is heartbreaking for Monmouth. Robert Morris and Gardner-Webb, both those games have been canceled or, or postponed. You don't exactly know which one's which. They have a bye week after this week, after they play Charleston Southern. If that game happens, you got to think if that Charleston Southern game is canceled, they might just not play the season at all. I don't know if that's possible. I don't know. I don't know the logistics of exactly how the scheduling is going to work out. But as of right now, Monmouth is currently going to play two games on the schedule. Again, they have a bye week so that they can supplement something in there. But Monmouth right now looking like they don't have a whole lot of answers for their schedule. And this is just how it goes. Only four games, you're bound to have some error. And they also have to be wondering if they're only going to play two games. Why did we even play in the spring? Why did we even agree to play in the spring if we're only going to be able to get two games out? Of course, you know, that is some confirmation bias now that they know they only have two games able to play. But the the question still stands. And uh, Monmouth, they need to figure some things out fast because... Teams like Kennesaw State and Charleston Southern are depending on these games because, once again, some of these other teams don't have non-conference schedules. They also don't have non-conference schedules. So these teams are also relying on the short season and the few games that they do have. I, I think the Big South Blitz for the first few weeks has really turned into the FCS Blitz because, again, no other games were played in the Big South last week. Gardner-Webb still at 2-0. Kennesaw State now number one at 2-0 as well. Monmouth hasn't played a game. Robert Morris 0-1. Charleston Southern 0-1. So the Big South rather inactive and uh, the coronavirus taking its toll on the conference. Although not as much of an upset week as week one, at least week one for Kennesaw State in the spring season, there were quite a bit of crazy finishes in the, in the FCS. So you're looking at Southern Illinois, the team who knocked off number one North Dakota State Beats Northern Iowa, another top 10 team, 17-16. to 16. Then you're looking at what was supposed to be the best game of the day. Sam Houston State versus Nichols State certainly was not that. Sam Houston State rolled 71-17. to 17. Yes, you heard that right. 71-17. to 17. Sam Houston State absolutely obliterates Nickel State. Furman barely escapes over East Tennessee State. McNeese State gets their third loss. They are 1-3 now to Lamar, 27-26 in overtime. Samford beats Wofford. That is a... Wow. That, that's another crazy one. No one saw that one coming. Villanova falls to Rhode Island in overtime. Rhode Island, not even a team... That's sniffing the top 25 right now. And Villanova, a premier FCS football program, loses by three points in overtime. The spring season has just a plethora of upsets and crazy finishes that 
Otherwise, probably would not happen. Because right now, the FCS is looking pretty scattered. I am now specializing in upsets and postponements. And that is it for the Big South Blitz here today. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Jordan Griffith. Hopefully we get some Big South Conference games in next week or the week after. Have a little bit more news for you rather than just the broad FCS. But again, that is it for the Big South Blitz. I'm Jordan Griffith. Get your favorite KSU apparel, name brand items, gifts, and more at the KSU Bookstore. Whether you're looking for an Adidas jersey, a KSU sweatshirt, or a new hat, they've got you covered. Shop their in-stadium store on game days, visit them in the Student Center, or shop online today. Visit the KSU Bookstore online at ksustore.kennesaw.edu. Jonathan Murphy did it through the air and on the ground. 113 rushing yards for Murph Magic. Combine that with 108 yards through the air and a couple of touchdown passes. And Jonathan Murphy, the sophomore out of Los Angeles, was a difference maker in the win over Charleston Southern. We get the insight from the quarterback from Brandon Joseph here on Inside the Nest. Joining me right now is the quarterback for the Kennesaw State Owls. Had a great game against Charleston Southern. Four or five passing, 108 yards, two touchdowns. Also put a touchdown in on the ground with a net of 113. It's Jonathan Murphy joining us. And Jonathan, congratulations on the big game for Kennesaw State against Charleston mm-hmm. Southern. You did not start the game, but as Coach Bohannon has always said, you got to be ready to play. It's always one play away for the next guy up. Uh, yeah, so um, we carry a motto in the QB room uh, here is prepare like the starter. So whether you're first on the depth chart or fifth, you know, you got to come into meetings every day, laser focus, come to practice every day, take mental reps, you know, still as much time as you can. Because even though you might not get the same amount of physical reps, I mean, like you said, you can be one play away at any time. So, you know, we just... We just take that, and, you know, we kind of live by it. So, you know, the, the moment is never too big for, for any one of us. Over the course of, you know, 2019 and the beginning of this 2021 season, I can count five separate conversations I had, and they all had the same type of reaction. I'll, I'll tell you who they were. They were Liam Klein, they were Coach Bohannon, Cody Worley, Daniel David, and Tommy Bryant, all bringing up Jonathan Murphy's name all with a giant smile. I remember Coach Bohannon telling me one time, he's like, we got this kid coming in out of L.A. at quarterback. He, Somebody we just found, but he's something special in Jonathan Murphy. And lo and behold, you come into last year, third on the depth chart, but that whole one play away mantra, it happens to be as QB3 also. But when you come in as QB3 and then by the end of the season, you are starting a playoff game against a top five ranked Weber State team. Just talk about your time here at Kennesaw. Um, so yeah, um, 2019, it was it was new for me because I just got here that spring. So I was learning a whole new playbook. And then when they let me know I'll be redshirting, but you know, they'll still travel me just in case if I had to break it and stuff like that. So just to be ready, you know, I took that as well. I'm one play away. So, you know, I, I just came in every day with the mentality to work. And, you know, Tommy and Daniel David, Coach Bo, Coach Worley, they, um, you know, they stayed on me and made sure, you know, I was always taking, you know, my reps as serious as I needed to be. And, you know, it's just, it's just been fun here in this past year. And then, you know, just 
getting back in the ball this season, it's been it's been amazing. So I want to go back to that Charleston Southern game because you hit Caleb O'Neill on a big play, a 51-yard touchdown pass. And sometimes there's an adage that a receiver can be too open. When you're looking at Caleb O'Neill, are you thinking, man, there's got to be a hidden guy just waiting to creep over in that coverage? Or was it the whole way, like, I'm taking it if you're all giving it? Yeah, so, I mean, C-Dog, he's always a person that's just always wide open. Like at the, at the right time, he finds ways just to get open. And um, when I seen him, I'm like, there's no way they left him this open. I'm like, well, if they did, just don't miss. <laughs> and I did, and, you know, C-Dog did the rest for me. So, you know, C-Dog, Caleb, he's a big playmaker for us. So, um, you know, we love having him here. I, I want to kind of just go back to the missing season that I think a lot of people are talking about the fall of 2020. What did you do on Saturdays when you guys were supposed to be playing? Did you watch a lot of other college football? Did you watch different teams? You know, maybe guys that you knew, you know, coming out of high school or your first stop at Long Beach Community College, or did you get accustomed to Southeastern football for, you know, the first real time of getting a chance to watch those teams close up? Um, yeah, I did. I did everything pretty much during that, that, uh, COVID season. We like to call it, um, I know I watched, I watched a lot of my friends, you know, I got a couple guys that I know closely that play at Oregon. Um, one of my buddies from uh, middle school and Juco, he goes to Boise state. So I watched a couple games back West. And then, you know, I was trying to, for guys that played in the FCS that played in the fall, you know, I was trying to get ahead on scouting. So I watched a few of Campbell games. I know, uh, North North Dakota, they played one game. I, I made sure to watch that. So, you know, I was just trying to watch as much football as I can because, I mean, I wasn't playing, so. Just got to consume it. You're a student exactly. of the game. And one of the things that you had to become a student on is a Dixie State team making the transition from Division II into the FCS level. There's not a lot known about the Dixie State Trailblazers, but what have you guys seen on film? Um, You know, like, um, so when we scheduled Dixie State, the story goes from Coach Bo. They ain't better eye. They asked us if we were sure. So we know Dixie State, they're a hungry team. Them making the transition um, that they can't go to the playoffs for a couple of years. So pretty much they're just a spoiler. And, you know, they take pride in that. I have a friend who I actually played Pop Warner with who goes to Dixie State. And he's just telling me, like, you know, we would love to come in and, you know, ruin you guys' season. So, you know, we take that personally. And, um, so we treating them, we treating them just like what it is. It's a championship game for us. You know, it's one to go home with uh, you know, the little amount of games we got. So, you know, we um we we're preparing, we're preparing adequately for these guys. And you mentioned the amount of games you have guys have. You guys quickly go from a third of your season to the very next week, a half of your season in yeah. a six-game season. Just talk about how you have to prepare week in without because that is such a truncated schedule and you have to get a lot of reps in in a short amount of time, but also stay healthy. Yeah. Um, we treat it as winter go home for us. So, um, you know, like I say, every game for us is elimination game. The stakes are high. So we know what's at risk. You know, we come in and practice every day knowing we got to get better. Even when we don't have our best days, we know it has to get fixed because, you know, we know what's on the line. So, When you are sitting there in that quarterback room, you talk about the guys that are in there and you have a guy like Chandler Burks who was around this, who lived this so recently. How is it being able to tap in off of his knowledge that brings to the table? And also Tommy. Tommy has lived this also, and you are 
you know, in your second year with the program, but still experiencing things for the first time? Yeah, um, Chandler, he he's smart. He's probably one of the smartest coaches I had. And, um, you know, he he's always just giving us little little gems and little hints because, I mean, he's he's been through it five years. You know, this is, this is what he's been doing. So he's always tried to give us just little hints on, you know, stuff that, that goes with the game plan or just stuff, you know, you never really think about. You know, he gives us little quiz questions and stuff when we're out in practice just to see where our heads are at. And um, with Tommy, you know, me and Tommy, um, we we love to go at each other. We compete a lot. But Tommy, he pushes me, you know, more than he he probably knows. Um, Tommy, he um, he's 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 a great dude to look up to as as um being like an older cute to have in the room. You know, he's real. He's real genuine when it comes to you know just asking how you are throughout the day, or even when you're you know you might not be in the right. If he he has to correct you, he's he's real genuine about it. So um, having those two guys around is just has always been great. One thing I want to do is when I get a chance to talk to you guys, give you a chance to share a side that maybe not a lot of people get to see. So you coming from Los Angeles, California, what was the biggest culture shock when you came to Kennesaw, Georgia? Uh, For me, it was the weather. Like I got here in December. I got here January, like January 7th, I think, 2019. And it was cold and I could not take it. And we were waking up to work out and run like around five in the morning. So that's like the coldest time early in the morning down here. And I just, I was ready to go home. I actually, I called my mom a couple of times <laughs> to, you know, to see if she would let me come back. But, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't having it. So <laughs> outside of friends and family, what's the biggest, you know, thing that you miss from Los Angeles, whether it's a restaurant or, you know, a certain spot that you used to hang out at? Um, in and out probably. But I uh, also, a lot of people don't know, I also used to play paintball a lot back home. Uh, yeah, I play a little bit down here. I brought my gear and stuff because I just like playing it. But uh, me and my friends used to go to this place called Hollywood Sports Park. This is like this place, this paintball uh, arena where it got a bunch of movie, movie sets and maps and stuff. It was pretty fun. That's awesome. There he is, Jonathan Murphy. A little Murph Magic. Where did that Murph Magic nickname come from? Uh, actually, our head PR guy, David Bell, he he started it. Uh, Wofford. I mean, I didn't know too much about it. But you're okay and, with it. You like it. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I, I think I'm starting to come into it. We're going to try to get shirts made with Murph Magic <laughs> on. And how about that? That would be awesome. There you go, Jonathan Murphy. Thanks so much for joining me this week, and good luck against Dixie State and moving forward the rest of the year. Thanks, man. And we'll wrap up Inside the Nest with quick thoughts from head coach Brian Bohannon on what the Owls can take away from the win over Charleston Southern and what lies ahead with the Dixie State team that has certainly caught his and the team's attention. Again, Saturday, 1 o'clock at home against Dixie State. Here's the thoughts from head coach Brian Bohannon. Head coach Brian Bohannon joins us. It's Dixie State against Kennesaw State this Saturday. Coach, you spoke in your press conference earlier this week about the fact that this is the first kind of normal game week for how this program establishes its process of approaching a Saturday game, and we have it against Dixie State at home. What are the benefits of kind of getting in this routine now? Well, you know, we're football coaches, football players, we're all routine-oriented. Um, you know, we, we kind of get in our little rut and we know the next thing that's coming and what, what we need to get done. 
And, and like I said, this is the first time we were in true game week where we're coming off a game, going into another game. And, uh, you know, it, it's good. It, 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 it gets you back to all the things you're used to doing. You know what I mean? And it's been a while now since we've been in a game week. You know, you're talking about back in 19 in December, you know, that we've been in that. So I think for all, for players, for coaches, for all of us, um, you know, and, and uh, hopefully we can stay in this for a few weeks. Um, it, it just helps us get in the mode of getting ready for a game and the things that are required, the work week, the way it goes, uh, not just for coaches, but for the players and everything involved. It's it's a process for us. And getting back to that process um, really helps us, I hope. Charleston Southern was a quality win for your program. And I think watching that game, we knew they had players and the Bucks came ready to play. What can the win from Saturday and playing such a difficult team do in your mind to help prepare you for a new opponent, a Dixie State team, the first time we're seeing them in KSU history? Yeah, I think there's a lot to learn from. You know, I, I think our kids, I thought they went out with a lot of want to. I thought they, uh, you know, I thought the energy was much better than it was, truthfully, in, in game one. Um, you know, and I thought we came out, you know, with the right mindset, um, which was improvement from game one to game two. And, uh, you know, and, and, and listen, we had to do some things and, and manufacture some, some things in special teams and, and get some things going. And we had to grind out some drives on offense, you know, to, to make some things happen to get ourselves in position to win the game. So finding a way to do that, and, and probably we weren't at our best, you know what I mean? It, it, it's huge. We won. And now you go back and look at those things. All right, we did some good things. You know what I mean? We, these are the things we did well. You look at the block kicks, you know, defensively for several quarters there. We were, we, we, I thought we were playing pretty good football. And, and we didn't fit a few things right. Um, but then you saw late in the game where we kind of relaxed a little bit instead of going ahead and finishing. You know what I mean? Going into the game was about urgency. We got to learn to finish. You know what I mean? You got, you got somebody down, you got to go finish. And uh, we relaxed a little bit, uh, let them drive the ball down. Then we got pinned back. We couldn't drive the ball down. So the, when you look at all of it, there's so many things we can learn from, but we won a conference game. You know what I mean? And, and, and we, can go, we can go coach off that, all right, and hopefully build on that, uh, you know, going into the next week. It, the thing about it is, Nolan, we won, and that is huge. And, and I'm, I'm encouraged by that. But I'm also encouraged by the fact that we're nowhere close to where we can be. Like, we're not even close to playing the kind of football we're capable of. And it's just a matter of how much progress we're going to make on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of how fast we can get to that, if that makes sense. It's really going to be up to that. And, and, and that's, that's it. you know, we won encouraging, but I'm even more encouraged by what we can do if we'll go embrace our preparation and really go get ready to play our brand of football, which we haven't come close to yet. Well, lots of us KSU fans are excited to see that against an opponent that we're learning a lot about this week in Dixie State out of St. George, Utah. Again, an opponent that we haven't seen before. They're not in the Southeast. How did this game come about, Coach? Well, the, you know, first things you're, you know, when you get into a spring schedule and you're doing conference only, and, uh, you know, you're trying to get more than four games. It's a challenge to go find opponents because most everybody's doing conference only. Um, so um, I know the AD at Dixie State. He and I were together at the Naval Academy. And, uh, and they, they have been looking for games and scheduling. And uh, honestly, I think they were excited about the opportunity to come here. Um, and it worked out as they're trying to find games. We were trying to find a game. And uh, it worked out in their schedule. 
Um, and, I, and I truly believe they're excited about the opportunity to come play us. I do. I believe that. Um, I know we're excited about the opportunity to play an extremely good football team um, in Dixie State. So Dixie State has been Division II. Um, they were 8-3 and three and 7-4 to four last couple of years. They have a history of winning. Um, and they are, they are now in the transition to FCS, um, which they're in now. Um, and so they're independent, which, you know, again, leaves them without a lot of games. That's the reason you see on their schedule in the spring, they're playing a team twice in order to, to, to get games. So that's how, I, how it kind of came about. And, uh, you know, I know I talked about earlier, you know, earlier in the, in the press conference, but I'm impressed. I'm impressed. I, I, I didn't know anything about them. Turn the tape on, you know, after our game this weekend. And I'm impressed. Uh, you talk about good football team, well-coached, plays hard, um, can run the ball. I mean, it, really well-coached, great culture. Um, we, got, we got our hands full. It's a good football team coming in to be highly motivated. Thanks for the time, Coach, and best of luck. Thanks, Nolan. Inside the Nest has been brought to you by Fifth Third Bank, the official bank of Kennesaw State Athletics. This is fandom of Fifth Third Better. Visit 53.com for more information. On behalf of Brandon Joseph, Brandon Sutton, Jordan Griffith, Jonathan Murphy, head coach Brian Bohannon, thanks to everyone for being a part of Inside the Nest and for you for joining us on this episode. A lot of information in it. Again, Saturday, 1 o'clock against Dixie State for homecoming. A very, very small amount of tickets remain. There are tickets available in the loge section, ksuals.com slash tickets for one of the most unique vantage points and benefits to a game in all of FCS. Combine that with the announcement of our non-conference schedule for the fall season, as well as season ticket options that start at just $135. It's the best value for a season ticket holder in KSU football history. If you have your phone, you can text SCRAPPY to the number 20123. That's SCRAPPY, S-C-R-A-P-P-Y, to 20123, or that link, ksuals.com slash tickets. I'm Nolan Alexander. Looking forward to having you join us on Saturday, either at Fifth Third Bank Stadium, online on the KSU Owls Rewards app, in which there's a link to our tune-in broadcast, or you can go in the tune-in app and search Kennesaw State, or you can watch it with the ESPN Plus call. I'm Nolan Alexander. We'll see you on Saturday. Until then, go Owls.